0: sharing some favorite living science books for the early elementary grades. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonya Schaefer. During the early elementary years, you want to accomplish three things with your science lessons. First, you want to cultivate within your child a sense of wonder at God's creation. Second, you want to help that child cultivate a habit of close observation. And third, you need to lay the groundwork of personal experience, and that's going to support future science studies. How do you do those three things? Well, let's ask Karen Smith. Karen, how do you do those three things in the early elementary science lessons?
1: Through reading living science books And doing nature study, getting your children outside so they can observe firsthand. Those um, two things, nature study gives your child an opportunity to make personal observations in nature. And living science books provide information to go with your child's personal observations. They pique his interest in things for Mm -hmm. science and nature Mm -hmm. and expose him to a world of nature that he might not have access to where he lives.
0: Yeah, so they can do both, support his own experience, yes. but then expand on it as yes.
1: well. So today I have 10 of my favorite living science books for grades one through three.
0: This will be a treat <laughs> to hear about these books. Are we ready to dive in? We are ready. Okay, first one, I get to hold the books. First one is A Seed is Sleepy by Diana Hutz Aston and Sylvia Long.
1: This book is beautifully illustrated and it shows how seeds are different in how they look, how they are dispersed, and how long they take to grow into a mature plant. Mm. But it also shows how they are the same in the way the parts that they have and the ways that they germinate. And it is just a gorgeous book and very gentle for children to learn about all the different seeds that are out there.
0: Now, I love how you've created companions yes. that go with different living science book spines, if you will. And the companion for the Outdoor Secrets book, it includes this, this one book. as well, yes. right? The companion expands on that living science book spine. So they might hear one story about a seed in that spine, but then, if a parent has that companion book, it will list other library books, um, science mm-hmm. uh, experiments, maybe, or a nature study projects that will expand on yes. and elaborate on those. So, this book is listed in the Outdoor, Outdoor Se- Secrets Companion. Yes. 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 Beautiful book. All right, next we have Pond by Gordon Morrison. Yes.
1: This one is used for third graders. In our Pond and Stream Companion, okay. similar to Outdoor Secrets Companion, but for pond and streams. This book tells about the fascinating life that happens in and around a pond throughout the course of one year. It has a main text narrative that goes throughout the whole book, but on almost every two page spread, there is more information if the child is interested down in smaller print. So there's more information if they want it. But otherwise, you can just read the main text.
0: And I hear that you repeated that, if they are interested, if they want it. Talk a little bit about how important that is at this early elementary level.
1: You want to keep an interest in science and nature at these young ages. You don't want to pile on your child if they're not ready for it. You want them to be ready for it and eager for it. And so it's important for them to have good experiences now so that when they get to the hard work of studying one branch of science in the later years, they can carry that excitement with them. Mm. And that's important. That's a good
0: way to put it. All right. All right. How about the Brook book Exploring the Smallest Streams? Oh, Jim Arnosky. He's one, one of, your of your my favorites. favorite <laughs>
1: nature authors. This book relates what you can find in and around streams, but it also gives you instructions on how to observe those things and how to catch them and release them when you're done observing. And so it gives you tips on doing nature study also, which nice. is fabulous. And Jim Arnosky is so great oh, at he that. He is. He is. And that this book you will have to find at your library or from used booksellers because it is no longer in print.
0: It's so sad that so many of Jim Arnosky's wonderful books are not in print anymore. Yes. He, do, he does have some still in print, but others, yeah, yes. if you find a Jim Arnosky, I would say any of them, snatch My, them up. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> And that one's also in the pond and stream. It's scheduled companion. as
1: an optional book because it is out of print. Okay. But if you can find it, grab it because it is a gem of a book.
0: Now, your latest companion is is a little bit more elaborate than the other companions. And the one for grades 1 through 3 is called Discovering What God Has Made. Yes. And several of these books we're going to go through now are included in that newer yes. one, right? Yes. So here's a little taste of what to expect in the new one.
1: <laughs> and the new science course is based on the days of creation. So it's more of a general science course. You're going to study all sorts of things with it. So I have chosen just some of my favorites from that There course. are a lot of wonderful books there in that are. course.
0: Here's the first one, Crow, Not Crow by Jane Yolen and Adam Stemple.
1: Yes. This book actually shows you how to start small with nature study. Oh, nice. It is the story of a dad and his young daughter, and it's the first time that she gets to go birding with her father. And she's excited because her older brothers have gone, and they know all sorts of birds by now, but she doesn't know anything. And so her dad takes her through how to do birding. And he starts by helping her see things. And he points out, he says, what do you see on the ground? Oh, ants. And he points out something else. And the first bird that they see is a crow. And he tells her to observe that crow carefully. What do you notice about that crow? And he guides her into what color is it and what the size is. And then the rest of the book is her comparing other birds to the crow she knows. And all she knows about the birds that are not crows is that they are not crows. He does not <laughs> identify them for her. And so she learns one bird at a time in this way. And at the end of the book, she's excited because she knows the next time they go out, it'll be another bird that they get to learn.
0: That is genius. Because yes. it, it, so often... It's the parent's temptation to just spew the knowledge. You know, we're out here, that's a crow, and that's a cardinal, and that's this, and that's that. And we could completely overwhelm the child. I love that approach.
1: Yes, and it's a wonderful book. And in the back of it, it has um, a little picture of every bird that's in the book, but not crows, (laughs) as well as the crow. And then um, the Merlin bird app yes it's linked to that and there's a little qr code for every bird so you can hear its sound if you want to oh great so a very wonderful book
0: yes yes for those early elementary kids now another book in the discovering what god has made guide is a drop around the world by barbara shaw mckinney tell us about this one
1: this one is a look at the water cycle but in a little different way We follow one drop of water as it makes its way around the world, either through falling to the ground as rain or going through a stream. Sometimes um, a cow drinks it and (laughs) it comes out as milk and it gets spilled and it's evaporated. And so it goes through the water cycle and shows how water moves around the world and the different ways that it, it does that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that. That'll be great. Another one is Where Butterflies Grow hmm, by Joanne Ryder. I never think of butterflies as growing. That's a catchy title.
1: Well, they do <laughs> grow because the caterpillars grow.
0: Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then they emerge as butterflies, which do not grow anymore, mm-hmm. But they, but the caterpillars grow. And so this book follows the life cycle of a swallowtail butterfly instead of a monarch there's so many books that are monarch butterflies mm. so it's nice to find one that is on a different type of butterfly but it shows every stage and as you can see from the cover there are a lot of things going on in each picture but oh, it's yes. not overwhelming but the child can look and observe what's going on
0: yeah you got sight of the butterfly bee also and the caterpillar mm-hmm. and the butterflies themselves and the mouse, the different flowers, different that are types growing. of flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it, as you say, it's not overwhelming. No, they're very, very gentle pictures,
1: but very interesting for the child to look and observe if they want to do that. Otherwise, you can just follow the butterfly, the caterpillar, and butterfly throughout the book. Okay,
0: great. Now this has been a favorite of mine for many, many years. Box turtle at Long Pond. And it is by William T. George. Yes.
1: This is the day in the life of a box turtle and how he misses his opportunity for getting food and how he eventually gets some. Just a wonderful, gentle story that you learn so much about the box turtle in it.
0: It's hard to learn about a box turtle through nature study unless you have a lot of time.
1: And if you can find one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this story will expand a child's ideas of a turtle beyond just sitting there. (laughs) This is true. It's a beautiful book. All right, another one that is in the Discovering What God Has Made is A Caribou Journey by Debbie S. Miller. Debbie
1: Miller is another one, becoming one of my favorite nature authors i've discovered her by researching all these different science courses for you (laughs) and a caribou journey follows a mother caribou and her yearling bull calf and eventually she has another calf but it follows um, a year in their life and how they live the dangers that they face and it's all done in a gentle way that's that it's not scary to young children. There's nothing that's gory in it, but but you understand that they face dangers, but we don't go into big details about it. Mm-hmm. The suggestion's there.
0: Which is appropriate at this yes. age. Yes, Yeah.
1: But a very nice, again, a very nicely illustrated book, but very gentle in its storytelling, and you learn a lot about caribou. And most of us are not going to see caribou outside of a zoo. Mm-hmm. And so this is a way to expose your children to something that might not be in your location.
0: Great. All right, Crocodile Safari. Oh, this is another Jim Arnosky. Yes. Is this one in print?
1: This one is not in print. No. You must find this one at your library or used booksellers also. Crocodile Safari is Jim Arnosky and his wife's Um, experiences exploring the Florida Everglades looking for crocodiles. Oh, fun. And so he describes the differences between crocodiles and alligators and what they're looking for. And then he goes through each day and how many they saw each day. And just Jim Arnosky's style all throughout. Very well done. Um, My book, if you can find a book that still has the DVD with it, the DVD gives you um, Jim Arnosky showing you live some of the crocodiles, but then he also gives you tips on how to draw them. How nice. On the DVD. So that is a really nice addition to the book, yeah. if, if you can get the DVD with it too.
0: Yeah, so if you find the book, mm-hmm. look for that DVD. Yes. That'll be a bonus. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now, this last book is not in any of the Companions. Correct. But it is in a wonderful resource that you have provided free on our website, which is just a list of living science books for all the grades. I don't even know how many titles you have on there now, but that's been hours and hours and hours of research as you look for, and you know, not that one, not that one, not that one. Here's a gem, and put those gems on there. We'll leave a link in the show notes so people can go right there and find those. Here's one of the titles on that list, Star of the Sea, A Day in the Life of a Starfish by Janet Haffman. Tell us about this
1: book. This was a book that I had hoped to use in discovering what God has made, but It went out of print.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) So again,
1: it's one that you will need to find at your library. It is a newer book, so you may be able to find it at your library or from used booksellers. Again, it's just the story of a starfish and the dangers that it faces throughout its day and how it eats and Mm. just wonderful things that you learn about the starfish just by looking at a day in its life. Again, it's something that many of us cannot observe in our location but we can still learn about it through the book
0: yes and even those I would think who live near a beach where starfish live a lot of the things that this tells you it would be difficult to observe firsthand
1: most likely yes so
0: So, yeah great book All right. Thank you. Um, This has been great, and I hope you will give us reviews on other grades as well in future episodes. We'll invite you back to do that. We'll leave a link for you in the show notes where you can find the companion guides that we mentioned that use some of these books, as well as that wonderful list of living science books for all the grades. It'll all be in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.